Hello and welcome to Ringer FC. I'm joined by Micah Peters, who's holding a bottle of milk menacingly across from me at this table. Uh, I will not turn the music down. Thank you. And Donnie Kwok, who I think has a piece of pizza in his hand, ready to throw <laughs> it across the United States and hit me in the head. What's up, Donnie? What's going on? Um, yeah, so a big weekend of condiments being squirted at people. Condiments, animosity, you know. Uh, cut eyebrows, um, disre- blatant disrespect, some would say. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about the weekend in the Premier League. We're actually going to talk a little bit about MLS. Um, talk yeah, a little, MLS. <laughs> a little cha- the soccer Don is here with us. Uh, yeah. The real soccer Don. Um, the, the MLS impresario. And... A little Champions League. There's a couple EPL games going on today while we record this. Chelsea's currently up one nothing on Huddersfield. Watford up one nothing on Crystal Palace. Burnley and Stoke are tied. Um, so we're probably not going to be talking about any of those games unless something unbelievable happens. Something unbelievable did happen, actually. Bakayoko scored. <laughs> he chipped the keeper. He chipped also. the keeper. I yeah. wow. you know, all so, is forgiven. Guys, all is forgiven. Listening to this, I I was not made aware of that, and have been arguing with people over the weekend about. I cannot believe that y'all said that Bakayoko is going to be part of a part two. You know, well, um, he heard even Pogba's brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, now that we're sort of sufficiently thrown off our feet by something that we never thought would ever happen happening. Uh, Let's get into the overreactions from the weekend. First overreaction is Jose Mourinho was right. Let's hear from him. Jose, where was that won and lost in your opinion? Clear penalty. I'm sorry for us. I'm sorry for Michael. I think he had a good performance, but it's a clear penalty. And a Herrera. Yeah. Don't you agree? All right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. he wasn't actually right. He was right? absolutely <laughs> incorrect. There doesn't mean like a, a Ander Herrera kind of like left his foot in um, to, like there was nothing that, there was nothing that would come of that play. There was no sort of version of events there where Ander Herrera flicks that ball over Odomendi's foot and, you know, like, manages to regain control of it. Yep. Well, I don't think it was a penalty, but that isn't the criteria for a penalty, though. I mean, that... it's not necessarily—it doesn't matter. The penalty is irrelevant. The, the, the thing is that, like, you should commend Marino for being able to turn everything into a mind game because, I mean, like, you—to the, the, say that the first thing that— made a difference in this game was, you know, the ref had a good game, but, you know, like, ruined it with a penalty. Like, you know, right. that was a penalty <laughs> decision. Stops you saying that, you know, I didn't put my team in a place to succeed. I didn't assign Ander Herrera to one of Kevin De Bruyne or, or David Silva. I had left the midfield wide open, and there were passing lanes everywhere, and I allowed Pep Guardiola to play the exact kind of soccer he wanted to play. Yeah, the, th- the thing that I that confuses me a little bit about this is that so in case you're like the one person who listens to this but doesn't know what happened in the <laughs> Manchester Derby, uh, Manchester City one two one um, could have easily been like four or five. Yeah, could have easily been four or five. They scored two goals off of set pieces and 
set piece mistakes probably by Manchester United. Um, United had a United's fake best penalty player shot. was 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 Fabian Delph. that's that's all that you really need to know about their performance um but so jose Mourinho is essentially saying that this non-penalty call was the difference in the match but we talked a little bit about it last week man united is was supposedly trying to catch manchester city and to do that you have to beat manchester city when they come to your stadium and the penalty would have only given us a draw so like even if they called the penalty and it was a draw it's the title race is still basically over yeah you know what i mean i mean like it's this is they they came into your house uh you know won their 14th game on the bounce and then allegedly threw milk on the manager during their (laughs) celebrations um it's that is a consummate performance by a title winner if you know, like, regardless of how much it hurt me personally, emotionally, physically, all of those things, um, that's what you know, people that win things do, and yet, and yet, they dominated, and yet, you know, Lukaku had a chance, a golden chance, and Mata as well on the rebound to equalize. Had that gone in, we're talking about a draw, yeah. so yeah, you know, as much as uh, City dominated possession and the midfield. As you said, Ryan, they scored two scrappy goals uh, off crosses, you know, so. But here's the thing is that while they were like uh, Marino was talking about, you know, like they're just they were lucky. They were lucky goals. They were, you know, not deserving of like the game that was being played. Something about like, you know, they I don't know what they were supposed to do. I mean, if if Lukaku heads a ball down in front of who, who scored the first, it was Odomendi, right? Um, Odomendi was no, the Silva second. Scored second. The Silva, Silva was scored the first. the first. Is Silva's just supposed to flick that back out to the to the wide and you know like recycle around yeah. the box and twelve more passes and yeah. then, I mean, you take the chances as they come, and I mean, it wasn't like they were. I mean, City had an ample amount of chances leading into that. Yeah. What what I would say is I think there's a there's a difference between. And we might get into this in a little bit with another game. There's a difference between like your only two chances are free kicks and you score off of them while or you're creating a ton of chances and you just happen to score off of free kicks. You know what I mean? Right. Like I, I think the balance of chances uh, clearly went City's way. I think at the same time, I would say what's kind of concerning to me is that Man, this is like was not a super impressive Manchester City performance compared to everything they've done the rest of the season, and they still kind of won. Yeah, I mean, like, it, well, it was one of their it was one of their worser, I yeah. guess, performances. Yeah, um, there was a David Silva and Raheem Sterling uh, leading the attack, playing as strikers at one point. I, I think that experiment probably isn't one we're going to see again from yeah. Man City. I mean, like the the issue is that I mean, like he brought on. Um, like Guardiola changed the way the team was set up three times during the game. Mm-hmm. Um, there was that, I mean, like he brought off Jesus. I can't remember who he subbed on for him, but I remember he brought on Fernandinho and put him at center back Yeah, at the half. And then, and, the, and then Silva company got hurt. Top company got, company hurt, got so hurt. Dropped Fernandinho back, brought right. on, uh, Gundogan. 
Yeah, and then and then he brought, brought on, on Mike, Mangala, Mangala and yeah. moved Fernandinho back snatched in the, the snatched his beanie off and then sent <laughs> Mangala great. to the game. And then yeah. Bernardo Silva at the end. That's yeah. When you know. Yeah. Um, That's who, when you know it's a wrap. Yeah, he's become the human victory cigar. Had a <laughs> had a real like pretty clear breakaway and somehow dribbled it almost out of bounds and completely cut off his own angle. Um, I mean, but, we've been saying though it's kind of like a broken record at this point when when United doesn't have Pogba. It, clearly makes a huge difference. Yeah, they're I mean, completely almost from the team, team sheet. You talked about it. Matic and Herrera are two guys trying to defend five guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course they're going to get overrun because if they're trying to manmark De Bruyne and Silva, then there's Sterling, etc. So, yeah. Uh, as for the title race being over, Mourinho, this is a quote from him. He says, probably, yes, Manchester City are a very good team and they are protect- protected by the luck and the gods of football are behind them. Uh, no, I should be like, oh, I got atomized at home. Yeah, he'll he'll never say that. I think he's he's one of the, you'd rarely use this phrase in professional sports. It's more for like intramural and youth level, but he's definitely a sore loser. <laughs> Is, uh, is there a manager that's not? There's, it's, that's there's, true. That is very true. There is no manager that's not. That's true. But Mourinho doesn't even have the like Guardiola sort of always has the oh we played better and had more possession thing. He can no, lean like, on. Pep, <laughs> like Pep Guardiola just has this whole like gets to have this whole impenetrable aura of he just loves soccer so much. Yeah, and he's he's honestly just as crazy. <laughs> no, I I totally agree. But his whole like. He can essentially bend the argument of every game he's ever managed, basically, to be like, we deserve to win, but we got unlucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think the, the title race is probably over, but, um, on, you know, on, uh, originally I was thinking the Invincibles record was in danger, and you mentioned it, uh, Micah. Delph is a liability. I don't know when Mendy's coming back. I don't know when Stones is coming back either, but the defense looks a little, a little leaky, and Delph was kind of really bad, actually. He wasn't great. The, I think what we're probably seeing a little bit is that uh, he kind of is not, he hasn't really rotated the team yet. The yeah. only real rotation is like Aguero or Jesus, uh, like starting. But otherwise, it's basically the same. Like De Bruyne's almost played, F- De Bruyne, Silva, Otamendi, Fernandinho, Kyle Walker have all played uh, 1,300 minutes in the Premier League already, in addition to the, all the Champions League minutes. Um, so it does kind of seem like they're slowing down, but I don't think it matters, partially because... They can score at will. Exactly, yeah. and it's not like... I don't. I haven't watched United, really, other than the occasional... Like, the game against Newcastle, and been like, this team is going to go on a run and catch City. Like, I don't, I'm not confident in that happening, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. for you. I think Liverpool is going to beat them. Like, pass them? You, I mean, like, you mean, like, in a head-to-head, like, matchup? Like, yeah, don't they have a second? I mean, the first match was messed up by the red card, right? Yeah. So I think they're going to beat them on the. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit. I love that you just said that, but I can't address it because it'll. I'm going to jinx everything. Um, <laughs> so Lukaku had actually the the best chance of the game, I think, for either team. Yeah. Probably the ball was a little bit behind him, um, but, but he, still, if you're that close, he could, yeah. he created all the goals, right? All three goals. That's true. He assisted on Otamendi's goal. Uh, so <laughs> Lukaku, Lukaku, this is a you know a thing. I feel like it comes up with a lot of Premier League strikers. They get called flat track bullies and because they're unable to score against the big teams. And Lukaku has 
zero goals um, in games against the top six. Should we be concerned about him? Is this just random? Is he soft? I mean, the thing <laughs> is that like he's he had that um, he had that Brandon coming into coming into I mean like coming into the United team, and mm-hmm. it doesn't help the way that. Mourinho typically sets up against big six teams either because I mean like he's kind of up there he's out there on an island by himself but also it's kind of like you won't be able to avoid those kind of criticisms until you start scoring again yeah at the same time he's tied for what like fourth in goal in uh in goal scoring in the prim right now sitting on eight goals a lot of those goals came from, you know, bottom to <laughs> bottom tier sides. Yeah, he's yeah. eight in, goals, four assists. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's Same just... number of goals as Wayne Rooney, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. That, that and, Lacazette, is, and Lacazette has eight, too, right? That is yep. just... It's, it's just... No, look, I think Lukaku, he got a lot, a lot of stick after this game, and I think he is a bit unfairly criticized but i think the reason he gets all the criticism is because he's he's the number nine for manchester united you know so it's like it's like the quarterback of the dallas cowboys or whatever you're supposed to find a way yeah well the thing is is like it's fine and dandy if you're the striker for everton to have a poor game or to not score you know against a, a big opponent but the difference between you know like a a marquee you know, like a, a Zlatan even, or a Drogba, an Henri. They can do shit for the entire game, but when they get the chance, they make the chance. They bury the chance. And and everything else is forgotten what you've done, done the rest of the game. But if you don't bury the chance, then every single thing that you did in the game is going to be scrutinized because you didn't deliver what the superstar striker is supposed to deliver, which yeah. is the winning goal. It's also a tough situation for him, like... I, I think Lukaku's really good, and he's scored a ton of goals. He's only 24, and he's yeah. going to keep scoring goals. But, like, he's actually replacing Zlatan, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's and how like, many goals does Zlatan score in, like, the 75th minute after just, like, walking around? Yeah, you know, but, but we should match. say, like, there was this period early in last season where Zlatan wasn't scoring, and That's people true. were like, what's I mean, they're happening? like, what is there? It Welcome was... to the Premier League, Exactly. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is that, like, even with those, uh, the... I mean, Zlatan's struggles early on in the season, you could say he was getting into the right places, he was creating the right chances, and Lukaku is doing that. Some, you know, like, with decent frequency getting into the right positions. It's just, what? where is the bite? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You don't... It's... He smashes the ball into Ederson's throat if it goes, like three inches to the left or the right or above, it probably goes in. Anywhere. Anywhere um, from, from, yeah, from It was a distance. bit harsh, I think, actually, to criticize him for missing that because it, it was it a good was, save, too, getting yeah, over that yeah. quickly. Um, all right, we'll move on to the second overreaction, which is Jurgen Klopp was also right. <laughs> Let's hear from him. If you think it's a penalty, then do it. Say it. Say it. It's a penalty in your opinion. Is it I a would, penalty in your opinion? Okay. If you want my it, my opinion doesn't matter, I would say soft. Obviously, my opinion doesn't matter as well. So, but well, of course, your opinion matters. Does it change anything? No, no but we can't me. change Do anything in the interview, if you can didn't we? Say so far, it's a penalty or not? I think it's soft, but I think it is a penalty. <laughs> so then we can stop the interview because I only want to talk to people who they have a little bit of understanding of football. Sorry, I'm really. I, I know you're angry, but there are people who played a lot of football matches in our studio who also think it's a penalty. 
Oh, man, sorry, I'm wrong. You're all right. Yeah. Okay, I, I should probably recuse myself from this conversation, but I'm, I'm not going to totally do that. But what do you guys think about his comments? I mean, number one, all time, all time, post post game, right yeah. there. I mean, like being able to get everybody in the studio and also the reporter in front of you. Um, <laughs> it's I also remember particularly love the passive aggressive thing about you know oh. There's plenty of people that played and coached in the studio, and they yeah. think it was a penalty. Sorry, it's I was fun, wrong. It's funny because yeah. like, Klopp did, as most managers do post-match, he did like two stand-ups and then the sit-down. And in each one, he was like a different variation of pissed off. <laughs> it was like aggressive, then passive, then kind of snarky. <laughs> there was a just... love the moment of him being like, "So, how many of you in this room think it was a penalty?" Yeah, it, it was... <laughs> and everybody raised their hand. <laughs> there was a funny moment on NBC Sports where I think we all saw the Sky Sports interview, which we just had you guys listen to, and that was just like super quotable and clippable and then the one he gave to NBC Sports just wasn't as animated and yeah. the people on NBC were like well he did just talk to Sky and like that was a much better interview <laughs> um, but I mean it was a penalty it was a penalty, it was a penalty uh, because yeah it was it was soft it was a soft penalty I'll give you that but it at was the a same nice time there's Rooney, no there was the it way. was a nice ball for Rudy but there's yeah, no great reason for, for Dan Lover to be putting his hands on Dominic Calvert-Lewin just, yeah. just shepherd him out over the line. That's what literally saying. if he put his if it kept his hands at his sides and it was just like that little sort of incidental hip to hip, even shoulder to back contact, it wouldn't have yeah. been a penalty. His that, arms were so clearly up that yeah. yeah. I'm so upset that I have to say that Big Sam was right. <laughs> I'm gonna leave. He was happy about being right. <laughs> he too. was very self satisfied. He was so happy about being right. It's just like also you know. Doesn't sound like you like because because Klopp is just like we were the only team trying. We had what was it twenty five to three shots. Yeah, and and then, like yeah, Everton Sam, were bad. They were terrible. Yeah. And he yeah. was just like, seems like my tactics worked again. Yeah, it, like <laughs> Big Sam sort of dancing after that game. It, like that's you're not going to get that result with that performance nine times out of ten. I would yeah. say. I, I want I want to know Ryan's reaction at the end of the first half when Mane was. On like a four on one, and didn't play the ball. <laughs> I, I was and on his off foot took a terrible shot that went far wide when he had three people screaming can at him you, for the ball. Like I mean, you've been in a situation like that where you're you okay? So say that you were you played in the back, right? Did you play in the back? No, or was it mid- midfield. Midfield. You don't even know me. <laughs> <laughs> but have you ever played in the like? Okay, so if I'm playing wing back and I am busting my ass to get up the field, and you know, like on a break, and I'm wide open, and somebody takes a shot from thirty yards out and and blazes it over the crossbar. Yeah. How like what is the? I mean, oh, it's the worst thing ever. You're you're taught that you're going to get re- rewarded for your run, right? Yeah. Like, and in that situation, you know, you make runs sometimes to like draw a defender away. Not in that situation. There's no defender. You're making the run to score. To score. It almost felt to me like I'll play a little armchair psychology here. <laughs> if like, Please. if the game was actually like evenly played, I feel like he might have passed it. You know, like if yeah. Everton were getting chances on the other side, he might have just been like, okay, I have to pass this because we have to score. But since Liverpool were just totally like controlling the game and pounding on him, he was like, why don't I just try to get mine? We're going to score like 10 other goals anyway. Um, and that obviously didn't happen. A little bit of game theory. Uh, yeah. So the other thing that 
people were criticizing Klopp for with this game is for rotating his team. Um, Firmino and Coutinho uh, didn't start. Uh, Andy Robertson and uh, Andy Robertson came in for Moreno. Uh, Milner off one zero up. Yeah, Milner was playing in the midfield. Um, they and found Solanke somewhere. Solanke started. Throw him in. Um, and people were blaming Klopp for his team selection leading to this result. Um, <laughs> that's always <laughs> like it's always a it, that's always a dicey situation because I mean if you're playing if you're fighting a battle on several different fronts on like at domestically and in Europe you have to rotate your team, but also the rotating the team argument is always a dicey one because it's how do you observe the negative? Exactly. I this actually really kind of upsets me because it just seems like such an intellectually dishonest way of talking about the situation. Like barring that penalty, which was a thing that happened outside of the game in a way. Um, if that penalty doesn't happen, no one is talking about Klopp screwing this up. They're saying that's brilliant that he rotated the team and saved all this energy. Um, but now that the goal happens, the rotation gets criticized, which is just, that's not how it works. You have to take in the variables, take the variables into account that led to him making the decision, right? Like That Liverpool- is, however, how sports talk works. Yeah. I yeah, mean, like, it's, exactly, it's, it's, exactly. If, if, I mean, like, Lukaku finishes at, you know, like at close range instead of hitting Ederson in the throat, we're talking about a different thing. Yeah. Rather than, like, I think Klopp actually mentioned in the pregame. And they were talking about the importance of the Merseyside Derby, that he had a lot of British guys in his side. And I think he purposefully put those guys in there, six of them, six of the 11, I believe, to kind of reinforce that, you know, what it means to to the Reds and everything. But, uh, you know, the, the main debate has been, you know, how hot Coutinho has been and the fact that he scored a hat trick, hat trick in the Champions League and I think played that whole match and could have been substituted earlier. Yeah. And saved for the derby. Yeah. Um, but yeah. then like the put the pushback on that is as, as you were saying Micah and, and Ryan is, it's a long game management and you know uh the derby's important. I mean I, I guess mean, it's also exacerbated by the fact that a lot of the other top 6 sides drop points. Mm-hmm. Um this weekend making this three points in this derby particularly important. Yeah, but of course you can't that's in hindsight. In a weird way I I think that's true especially cuz like you know <laughs> Liverpool played well for the most part. Everton literally created nothing until this this penalty. And all all the other teams like Arsenal Arsenal had a tough game against Southampton and, you know, clawed one back at the end and Chelsea lost. Like Liverpool compared to the teams other teams that dropped points, Liverpool had a better performance, yet Klopp is under the most scrutiny for it for some reason, which is kind of kind of confusing to me. But the, and the other thing is like there are benefits in the future to have to him having done this. You know what I mean? And no one acknowledges that here. Well, yeah, benefits know? that benefits to him. You mean rotating his squad? Yeah, right? like because fresher I mean, the, legs, the compression in the bins of the of December, January part of the Premier League, where there's like a thousand games in a, yeah. in a, in a four Which we're about span. to start. Yeah, <laughs> um, with the games today and tomorrow. Um, okay, we'll move on to the third overreaction. We'll do this one quickly. Christian Benteke, retire, bitch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the, the headline from The Guardian yesterday, this is amazing. Christian Benteke apologizes to Crystal Palace teammates for penalty farce. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, so Christian Benteke in it was injury time, right? Yeah, injury uh, time. He games two two against Bournemouth. Uh, he takes the penalty away from Luka Milivojevic, who's the de- designated penalty taker for Crystal Palace, had scored a penalty earlier in the game, uh, and then Christian Benteke essentially duffs the ball to, like, the side, the and Azmir Begovic saves the, it, yeah. and Crystal Palace ties. And he Christian, him. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Christian Benteke still has no goals this season. It's insane. Also, I like, Roy Hyson, missed, He's missed three or five penalties, I believe, as well. In his career or this? or In his career. That's mm. not great. Yeah. Roy Hodgson <laughs> did say that he's like he's the kind of guy that knows he has he owes the team one. Yeah. Um, which I mean, like, take solace in that if you want to. Uh, to be fair, you know, he played pretty well in the game. Uh he didn't score, but he played well, I guess, as as a hold up player. Um you know, I saw some people saying that uh Malivojevic was was actually the one that is at fault here. He not at fault, but he, if if he's the penalty taker, then he's got to hold on to the ball. Yeah, and, and not let no matter who it is take the yeah, ball. Yeah, he's got If he's the designated taker, got to get know, that his grip job. strength up. Get more <laughs> yeah. of those things you squeeze. And not be so deferential, you know. So <laughs> yeah, because you know he did crush that first penalty, and, and Benteke's was so meek. It was really, I could have saved it. Wishing it into the yeah yeah it was if it goes in we're probably like this is awesome this is this guy hadn't scored and he wanted to take this high pressure penalty (laughs) exactly those are the ifs again that kind of you know yeah I mean the the confidence is good it's just that you know the The execution is yeah the hubris is (laughs) Uh, so Crystal Christian Benteke. has the most expected goals of any player who hasn't scored this season. He's got over four, um, which is just like a season from hell. And Crystal Palace, like, he sort of is representative of their season. I saw this stat by this guy, Constantinos Chapas, on Twitter. So these are the goal totals that Crystal Palace has scored in the Premier League this season. 0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-
with 11 delicious flavor varieties, all of which are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, and free of any added sugar, artificial colors, or flavors, preservatives, or, or fillers, you can actually taste the cacao, the real fruit, the spices, like sea salt. Whether you like sweet or savory, chocolate or fruit flavors, there's an RX bar for you. For 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com slash fc and enter promo code fc at checkout. That's rxbar.com slash fc, promo code fc for 25% off your first order. Welcome back. Time for some zonal question marks. First one, was all the snow this weekend proof that global warming doesn't exist? Um. Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get anything as we didn't get anything as pretty as the the Buffalo Bills snow game, but a lot of gloves, a lot of gloves, a lot of, Mangala, lot of Santa softness. Yeah, Lee Nixon <laughs> would have been really hot water, upset. hot water bottle, and uh, some snoods. Did we have any colored balls this weekend? No, I right? don't think so. No, wait, was there a colored ball in the in the Mercy Sun game? I don't. Oh, or you like the high visibility so. ball? Yeah. I love I that yellow is. ball they used to have, the yellow and blue one. I think they would like use that just in regular games. Um, anyway, a lot of snow this weekend, um, which uh, as the festive period begins and each team plays essentially 500 games over the next <laughs> three weeks, it also happens to coincide with the worst weather to play soccer in. Like, that's a thing we don't talk about, I feel like, with the craziness of the holiday fixture list. I think that was list. another thing that I was thinking about when I was watching. Well, we're going to talk about this briefly later, I think. But when I was watching the MLS Cup Final, like, the first half hour, I was just like, these people are playing like they're cold. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just kind of, like, yeah. everything. That's why it makes perfect sense for the final to be in December. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there was, I can't remember the team, but some team, I would have loved this in college. Some team installed heated, uh, like a heated floor below their bench. So when you're, when you're not in your feet, stay warm. That's, that's real. That's, that's true love. <laughs> it definitely wasn't Pep Guardiola's team. Uh, Cause apparently you're not allowed to wear hats, uh, for him. All right. We'll move on to the second question. Did Jermaine Defoe of Bournemouth score the goal of the season this weekend? Uh, that was, I mean, what was that? It was his, it was his second, his second against yep. Bournemouth, uh, just, uh, just describe before halftime. Huh? What'd you say? I said, describe it. Okay. So looping ball out of the back, just kind of hoofs forward, um, bounced over the outside. I can't remember who was playing on the left for Crystal Palace, but it was bouncing over and he's... Jermaine Defoe is making a run, a diagonal run away from goal almost, uh, corner of the 18. First time, hits it over the keeper's head and drops it in just under the crossbar on the far post. And with, it, with like no angle. No angle, yeah. none at all. Like first time. And it was gorgeous. The best goal of the season, like I, I'm just thinking about I'm thinking about two strikes in particular. I'm thinking about the De Bruyne uh, goal against... Uh, who was it against? I just remember that he uh, had a right-footed shot kind of chased down, and then City recycled it, and then he took a left-footed shot from the exact same position and stung the upper corner with it. like a, It was a frozen rope. 
Yeah, I know the game you're talking about, but I forget who it was against. Yeah, I and I don't know. I but I think that this is a harder degree of difficulty. Yeah, this was. It was like Marco Van Basten in uh, when was that the goal 88? against Russia? I think it was. Yeah, eighty eight. The, the I mean, this is recency bias, but I think it's the best goal. The it's definitely recency bias, but like I cannot off the top of my head think of anything that was better. I would take Buffal's goal for Southampton, where he dribbled through West Brom's entire team from midfield <laughs> and scored. True. Um, the thing about the Defoe goal was. Like w- typically, when you score a volley from a weird angle, the ball has like a ton of dip on it. And this actually, he didn't even hit it that hard. It was like kind of a looping volley to the back post. Uh, you know, good for Bournemouth. They spent a lot of money this summer and are paying <laughs> Jermaine Defoe a lot of money. And he had only scored one goal before this game. Um, so good for them. Good for Defoe. I the year is 2058. There's probably Jermaine Defoe has <laughs> just come off of the bench. Yeah, <laughs> in the yeah. 75th minute we to sh- tie the game up. This is going to start for every Premier Premier League team. Yeah. Defoe for Russia, um, 2018. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, third. Actually, Jermaine Defoe's former team. We're going to be talking about here. I forgot that, that was Which that happened. Uh, what is your one sentence review of the MLS Cup? Mm, one sentence review of the MLS Cup. Yeah, uh, I might let you keep talking about it after the first sentence. No, I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this was. I mean, like it was the Toronto FC revenge game, right? It was uh, yeah. because the Sounders came into their hovel and uh, and took the MLS Cup away uh, last mm. season, and it, it, it a lot of nothing happened. I mean, like. Seattle wasn't really imposing themselves on the game at yeah. all in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> they were just kind of weathering the storm. This was a very Everton-Liverpool game. Yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> it was that I breathed the – it was just like, finally, when uh, when Josie Altidore got yeah. that breakaway and scored in like the 70th minute, I want to say. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Soccer Don? <laughs> the real Canadian-American hero, Josie Altidore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't watch the match, to be honest, from the start to finish. But from what I saw, Toronto was clearly dominant. I also thought it was interesting that, um, the, you know, it's like an interesting to watch juxtaposed with European soccer. I mean, not to sound like an MLS noob, but I don't watch that many MLS matches. Mm-hmm. The, it, it, granted, it's a final, so um, the refs are going to call the game accordingly. But uh, there were some penalty shouts and... Um, some fouls that they let go that uh, I'm not typically used to seeing let go uh, in the in the Premiership, for example. Um, so you know, I kind of liked it. I kind of liked that. It was it was kind of a free flowing, yeah, op- open game. Um, and Seattle was really poor actually from the last 40 minutes or so that I watched. Um, Toronto had all the ball, and and, and it looked like. I think it was scoreless, actually, when I turned it on. So it, it just looked like, uh, you know, it would be a matter of time before Toronto would score, and they did. I mean, like, at the risk of being a little reductive, it just felt like the Sounders were just kind of, like, in the way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, on that that first goal, it's like, the thing I kind of like about watching MLS is, like, the shape of the game is so different than a Premier League game. The way they scored that first goal, it was like, a straight pass it's to a so center linear. back turns around straight pass. I mean, to talk a about route one, right? It yeah. was like down around. the middle. But it was like they they made like five route route one passes down the middle, yeah. you know, rather than just like booting it long. Um, we should 
give Toronto some credit. They had the most points in a season from any MLS team this year. And they won the treble. They did win the treble, which included the Canadian Championship, which uh, there are only five teams that play in that. And and what is the other one, the U.S. Open Cup? Yeah, but they're Canadian, so they don't play in that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what the third third part of the it's the supporter shield. Yeah. So the oh for winning the league, points. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So that, I think a lot of people think they're the the best MLS team of all time. Good for them. They've like Josie Altidore is on his dream on green right now. Like he's was wasted at their playoff parade and more like J.R. Smith, right? Yeah, that's true. But he was he had the microphone was talking the whole time. So anything is possible. You know, good for them. Uh, Okay, last question is who won and who lost the Champions League draw? I think City definitively won the Champions League draw. They they have they got Basel, right? Oh well no, England won the Champions League draw. Yeah, for the honestly. most part. I would probably agree with that. Yeah. Five English sides in the knockout rounds of the Champions League for the first time ever. Well, for the you know, for the first time ever, you know, Tempering that with the with the knowledge that uh, UEFA only allowed more than two sides per nation uh, yeah. in the 2000 season, mm-hmm. um, but I mean there was I mean like they got they it's be- basically like England has been in decline since the top four basically became a top six right yeah. and yep. I think the closest they ever got to well I mean like they almost did four sides in the knockout stages in 06 but Everton lost to like Villarreal I think yeah almost five because uh Liverpool won and didn't finish top four so there had to be a rule Ah, instituted yeah Um, yeah 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 yeah. god Everton finished top four that year (laughs) (laughs) um who do you think Donnie winner or loser who won and lost I mean I think Chelsea drew Barcelona uh, which could be a problem, but even beyond who they drew, because Spurs got Juventus, mm-hmm. who I think they can beat. But I was just reading here the uh, we were talking about picture fi- pic- fixture <laughs> pileups for the last couple weeks. You get a load of this Spurs in the span of two weeks, United, Liverpool away, Arsenal, and both legs of the Juventus tie. That's and tough. then Chelsea in the span of three weeks, Barca twice, United away, and Man City. So. That's going to be problematic, and it's, you know, I guess if the league is lost, as we've been saying, maybe they'll, uh, uh, Poch and, and uh, Conte will devote all of their attention and resources to to winning these uh, knockout games. But uh, Chelsea, I think, is the big loser. I think the winner is us, soccer lovers. These are all really good matchups, I think, most of them, and uh, it's going to be some good games. That's such a great way to look at it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I want to quickly point out, I think... Winner is Bayern Munich, who finished second in their group, but um, they have to some, face Ryan Babel. somehow drew Besiktas. Uh, they're more winners because they get to share a field with Babel and Ricardo Quaresma. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, PSG won their group with Bayern Munich, and PSG has to play Real Madrid. <laughs> so <laughs> Man, might, might not PSG have wanted to win that first game. <laughs> in, the, in the last 16, just imagine. I, I'm simultaneously extremely excited and dreading uh, <laughs> to see what the aftermath of that would be. Oh, man. Um, you want to... We'll let you talk about the Europa League for 15 seconds if you want, Donnie. 
Well, Arsenal has some Swedish team I never heard of that actually <laughs> has ex- Arsene Wenger has been manager longer than they've existed. I read, <laughs> but you know, for the Europa League, it's a round of thirty-two now, not sixteen, and mm-hmm. all of the matches look pretty mediocre. But Napoli's playing Leipzig, so I mean, that's interesting, right? Some, that's a lot of guys there of interest to you all. That's good for Arsenal, I would say. Yeah, because one <laughs> of those teams one has of those to go teams. home. Yep. Um, the Europa League is actually shaping up to be pretty fun. I mean, it's been kind of fun the past few years, uh, but there's a lot of good teams in it, along with Arsenal. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was me. Arsenal's good. I firmly believe that. All right. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be back to discuss the backroom bust-up that shook the Premier League to its core this past weekend. <laughs> Every year, millions of people receive the least liked gift of all time, underwear. But we still give it to our family and our loved ones who just don't want it. But maybe it's not that underwear is the problem, it's the kind of underwear. So let me tell you a little bit about MeUndies, the only underwear that makes for an amazing gift. It's got a soft, flexible waistband, three times softer than cotton. It's got natural, sustainably sourced fiber, and it comes in just about any color you could ask for. MeUndies made underwear the perfect gift that everyone is going to love you for. It's a goddamn holiday miracle. This year, don't give underwear, give MeUndies. So this holiday season, to get your exclusive 20% off the softest underwear and socks you will ever wear, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com FC. That's MeUndies.com FC. Welcome back. So, we kind of... We sort of buried the lead with this podcast. Um, the most important thing that happened this weekend was the fracas, bust up, fisticuffs, handbags, whatever you want to call it, uh, after the Manchester United-Manchester City game. We'll, uh, we'll just let The Guardian sort of tell you what happened here. So this is the, the lead of their piece. Police officers and stewards had to separate up to 20 players and members of staff from Manchester United and Manchester City after an extraordinary bust-up in which bottles and punches were thrown, and Mikel Arteta, one of Pep Guardiola's assistant, was left with blood streaming down his face. Um, so supposedly what happened here is Manchester City was celebrating very loudly uh, in their away locker room because the game was at Old Trafford. Uh, Jose Mourinho came over because he thought they were being disrespectful. He got into it with Ederson, um, and they first started arguing in Portuguese, and then Mourinho switched to English and said this to Ederson, you fucking show respect, who are you? Um, And then Romelu Lukaku got involved, and I think it spiraled out of control. Uh, At one point, someone squirted milk at Mourinho, which raises questions about what people drink milk out of uh, in Manchester City. Um, And Mikel Arteta got, like, actually injured, yeah. um, and now the FA is investigating what happened. Um, so yeah, what a shit show. This yeah, is the new a- level of Mourinho distraction. Uh, <laughs> actually starting a brawl. Is it is it as bad as the eye poke? That's true. He actually legitimately poked someone's tried to claw someone's eye out yeah, with his I, hand. I, I, don't, I don't think it's quite as bad as the eye poke. This is more just like late era Mourinho that is just kind of like it's kind of like your parents, like, post-retirement, but, like, they don't know what to do. with it. Like, it's, like, a little bit zen, but mostly just want you to be quiet. Yeah. It's just being, like, <laughs> I just love that this started because the music was too loud. And when you Allegedly. see this, are you, like, that's my manager? 
Does that just fire you up? I, I wonder mean, what they were listening to. That's what I was thinking too. That's a good question. Mm. Like what would have annoyed Mourinho the most? Like what's all <laughs> super slimy? Anything <laughs> off of super slimy. <laughs> it was the Metro booming Big Shante. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I I mean, yeah, it's I did not see that and say that is my manager. I saw that and I laughed a lot. I think that's appropriate. That's the appropriate reaction. Um how was it in 2017, though, with everybody and their eight-year-old son having a phone that nobody recorded? Not anything? a single That's person. That's what I don't there's get. There's no video. And there's no CCTV in the tunnel or, like, any, like, security footage or tunnel cam or... I, especially I in the, in I mean, the age like, of, like... Yeah. The age of also, like, tunnel cam is a thing that every team has, like, post-game. Like, yeah. Man City has a... Camera. I love tunnel cam. Yeah, so why? Let's let's speculate here. Uh, Man, you hasn't released the footage because they have stuff to cover up. Hmm. <laughs> uh, my fandom will not allow me to answer that question. <laughs> no, I mean, like it's it's. I mean, possibly. The thing that, of course, this somehow like has now led to a conversation of like, what is the proper level of respect to show your opponents after a game? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, I mean, I, I can't, you can't just have, like, there can't be, like, a, you can't have a complaint about people, the music being too loud after, yeah. after again, a team who had won 13 games in a row coming into this game against their crosstown rivals, ostensibly, yeah. like, the biggest game of the year, and then to win 2-1, to one, yeah, I mean, like, who's not gonna who's yeah. not gonna be celebrating that with with verve and vim and vigor, whatever you want to call it? I see, mean, did you see uh, the professor Arsene Wenger's quote? I today? was hoping you would bring this up. <laughs> Let's hear it. Well, you know, Arsene famously spent a year uh, as a manager of uh, Nagoya Grampus Eight in Japan. So uh, while in Japan, apparently he uh, was very. Um, intrigued by sumo wrestlers and how sumo wrestlers behave in competition. And so he, I didn't know, I I don't have the exact quote, maybe you guys have it, but he said something like, uh, you know, sumo wrestlers don't ever, you know, show up their opponents. Yeah, he said, uh, (laughs) I'll read the quote because it's great. In sumo, you can never tell, you can never tell who the guy who wins is. He doesn't show his happiness because of respect for his opponents and that shows how deep the culture there is for respect for each other. Is it something you can copy? I don't think so because it's not part of our culture. It is difficult to take when you lose a big game to see the 100% celebration on the other side. It's always a little bit like an offense. I mean, that's that's fair, but also that is a really long way to get to. <laughs> you got to just suck it up, dude. Yeah, I like, yeah. I, I like that. Um, so, you know. It also, I mean, like Mourinho, it's, it's just hilarious to, to hear him talk about. I mean, we've noted. You just, it's hilarious to hear him talk about respect. Yeah, well, so obviously Mourinho has doubled down on his position, as has uh, Guardiola. Mourinho said... I don't, I'm boggled by this quote. I, I have no idea what it means, but he said about the brawl, for me, it was a question of diversity, diversity in behavior, diversity in education, nothing more than that. What? what? <laughs> uh, and then uh-huh. Guardiola, yeah, Guardiola <laughs> responded by saying, we jumped about because we were happy. People can understand that. We won an important game and we wanted to celebrate. 
that. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's to be Guardiola to have, I mean, like, you only have to say the logical thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty easy. Yeah. I, I mean, we all, you know, and he deserves it. We all have been praying at the altar of Pep now for a while. You have to admit he's a little annoying in the way that all winners oh, are. Oh, absolutely. Oh, definitely. I mean, he, he was said, acting like he's, a little annoying. Well, he said after the game, he was like, people said that we could never do this in England. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Which is true. People have said I mean, that. But also, but like, just don't. Spunky little man city. Seriously. Yeah. Those like, underdogs. Yeah, exactly. After, <laughs> I mean, like, it's just like also the stuff like after the Stoke game, him, you know, excitedly coaching Nathan Redmond. I mean, like, it's just that is a weird thing for a person to do. And to be like, yeah, I wanted him to play. He was complaining about about Stoke not playing the way that he wanted them to play. That is that is a ridiculous thing to expect. I have, of a, someone. I have a dream right now that City's first L comes at the hands of either Sam Allardyce or Alan Pardew. Oh. Please, Lord, make that happen. <laughs> we need it. That would be. Oh, oh man! So that they've would got just be delicious. Yeah, that's hmm. That might, uh, if that happens, their their winning streak is going to go on for a long time. Looking at the schedule, unfortunately, um, yeah, it's especially now that they've sort of like wrapped it up. It's like I just want ultimate comedy from the rest of their season. Yeah, Pardew, I think, would be my choice between Pardew and Allardyce because he would just lose his mind, throw his jacket into the stands, <laughs> and then still Start dancing. Yeah, and then they would still end up getting relegated. What if, what if United <laughs> goes into the Eddie Head in April, like when the when the title has already been wrapped up for four months? And they're still and undefeated, they, and they're still undefeated. And Mourinho just like manages to squeeze out a win and then celebrates like he won the title. That would be great. And I then, would. Oh man, I I can see it now. <laughs> yeah, any of those outcomes, I think I think we would all support. Um, hopefully, uh, this gets cleared up and nothing actually bad happened and nothing terrible was said and there was just just a dumb fight. Um, but the FA is investigating it, so we'll see what comes of it. Um, and we will see you guys in a week. So thanks for listening. For Donnie, for Micah, I'm Ryan. This is Ringer FC. We'll talk to you soon. Today's episode of Ringer FC was brought to you by RX Bar. It's a whole food protein bar whose core ingredients do all the talking. With 11 delicious flavors, all gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, whether you like sweet or savory, chocolate or fruit flavors, there's an RX Bar for you. For 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com FC and enter promo code FC at checkout.